Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I think we'll have to start off the show, Cheddar, because you weren't, weren't here on Monday with giving Ballyhale a bit of a shout out. Seven All Ireland uh, club titles in their history in eight finals so they won seven of eight finals which is incredible Blue Thomas is away we have Joey Holden coming up on the show um, later on so like I mean an incredible club from such a small rural area Yeah um, look there's been a lot written about Ballyhale obviously over the last number of years look it's an incredible story really I suppose um, it's a combination of I think maybe two previous junior clubs or maybe three junior clubs uh, going way back um, and I suppose it just tells you what you know real dedication by you know a small number of people in a rural area in terms of what they can deliver um, and I think you know it's been mentioned as well and I think maybe maybe uh, Chef mentioned it as well you know the number of real top quality players that they, they would have um, you know taken through the ranks in, the, in that 30-40 years it, like, it's incredible some of the best players that's ever played including a couple before they were formed actually because you know some of the older listeners uh, Willie will certainly remember Frank Cummins um, done, a, done a lot of his club hurling in Cork City actually where he was working but he was a previously a, um, a Shamrocks man he's an October man actually or somewhere around that area um, so they've an incredible amount of you know incredibly 
gifted players from yeah. Shefflin to TJ to you know a whole host of families I mean there was a time when Liam Fenley was probably regarded as one of the greatest forwards ever played um, you know so so it is it's an incredible turnaround and I suppose um, you know it goes back a little bit Willie I suppose to you know rural clubs what drive them certainly families drive them and even when you look this is a complete new team by the way driven yeah. really by an under 21 championship that was won by Ballyhale last year when I stand corrected on this and, and you know maybe some Kilkenny supporters might correct this but I actually think they won that uh, final by not playing some of their marquee players that they had playing last Sunday um, and it just I suppose tells you that the standards and the, the discipline that's been in and the culture I suppose that's been in the club um, you know and obviously that serves them well yeah, why wouldn't they have played them? Oh, they were injured. They, were miss- they missed uh, the final. Or? I think they missed the final. Um, I don't know into the details, but it was a dis- disciplinary issue. I think within oh. within the club, and and they took a stand on it. And not alone did they not play; they actually won the final. And um, you know, all of those things are sort of important in terms of establishing culture that you know the right way of doing things. And if you do it the wrong way, there's there's going to be consequences. Um, and you know, what was brilliant about that is that those players played last uh, uh, Sunday and were probably the best players, some of the best players in the field. So it just tells. The, the the depth of riches I suppose that the club has but look that doesn't come easy you know it takes a huge amount of work um, you know uh, we, we've discussed this before Willie of what's needed to, to be a hurler it's a very very technical game you, you cannot just rely on DNA even though it's helpful um, to, to, to reach the standard that they are at and there's a couple of young players that I think that have been called into the Kilkenny panel that you know may very well actually start with Kilkenny in championship this year including the likes of Adrian Mullen and that um, you know so it, it's, it is an incredible story from Ballahale and this, you know there's their success over the years um, and the amount of quality players have contributed to Kenny like it's 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 you know it's it's fair going it's the gene pool yeah the DNA maybe tell you, maybe this should start charging stud fees or something like that for some of these lads that <laughs> when they retire <laughs> but we might say, need to send some Portlaoise women over to this one pub in Ballyhale and maybe create some connections I, w- I, w- I won't comment on that Willie. <laughs> so Joey Holden I did the interview with him mm. yesterday and he they celebrated Monday and Tuesday Cheddar and lo and behold back training with Kilkenny last night I was thinking Jesus that's some going there's seven of them called in to the Kilkenny panel and you just think of an All-Ireland club final win so you might have the Monday I don't know would they have had a couple of pints I think that they would have had a few but they wouldn't have had too many if they were back training with Kilkenny last night so Jesus a fairly quick turnaround isn't it when it, when it's kind of explained to you that, that uh, clearly Yeah no that's true and um, they have a couple more players actually maybe two or maybe three um, that are going to that hurled with Kieran's yesterday and they're going to hurl with Kieran's down in All-Ireland that actually played last Sunday as well um, I look, uh, Willie, I just keep going back to that word, you know, there is a special culture um, about that. And look, it's driven by, I suppose, um, you know, there's a carrot at the end of working hard here and that's playing in All-Irelands and winning in All-Irelands. And, you know, that has been proven over the last number of years. But there's also a large amount of competition in the, in the Kilkenny team, even currently. And you know, you know, one might say it's in a small bit of a transition phase at the minute. Um, and look, that this team is going to settle probably this year, and it may very well settle like it did previously to play in another seven or eight or ten All Irelands. And you better be in the right place at the right time because if you're not and somebody else gets in ahead of you and gets the jersey, you may not get it back. And I suppose it's that real competitive culture I'm talking about here, um, built up by a huge amount of support from within the communities and that. This is what's expected, um, you know. So so I'm not surprised that, that you know, that, that, that that's the case, that the players are back training already. And, you know, certainly some of those young players that I've mentioned earlier on, look, look their next next objective is to grab a Kenny Senior jersey and play in, in, in you know, County All-Irelands and that. 
and and it is going to be competitive. There's a lot of young players in Kilkenny at the minute that that you know will see themselves in the in the same position. So you've got to fight for your jersey here, and just simply not turning up the week or a fortnight after winning an All Ireland club final mightn't serve you well in that race for the jersey no no definitely not well definitely not two weeks but I would like more than two days anyways before Cody gets his hands back on me but like I mean that's pro- I don't think I'd last too long under Cody anyways but so it, Christy O'Connor had a good piece on the RT website and he's talking about all the shops in the village of Ballyhale are gone the post office is also closed there's just a pharmacy a cafe and one pub like I mean when you, I couldn't believe that and just on, on a similar team Connor Cooney was talking in the lead up to the game and he was talking talking about rural Ireland and like he was talking to GEA need to do more for rural Ireland and uh, geez, I'm not sure like it's the GEA issue it's definitely a wider societal issue that rural Ireland the post office is closing like the big towns that's where everybody goes to work and you know like I mean teams are amalgamating I'm not sure what the GEA can do to help this but like we see the example in Leash Cheddar loads of clubs Clock Balacala Rat Downey Earl um, what's the other ones? Uh, yeah. Boris Kilcotton is the yeah. newest one. They won yeah. one. Park Ratnesk have joined up with Timaho. Like, I mean, it makes the championship better because there's more stronger teams. But like, these used to be good, strong clubs in their own right. Yeah, and look, I suppose you know one of them is a societal issue, really. Um, and look, it is a serious, serious problem here. There's no doubt about it that you know r- villages in rural Ireland are on their last legs. If you're looking at the sort of social cohesion that we would have seen over the previous decades, um, and I think that's something that really needs to be looked at. Uh, look, there would be a school of thought that would say, look, why when you combine it all into the cities, uh, you have central services much cheaper to do that. You know, maybe better environments and so on, so on. Um, but I, I think you have a huge amount of social issues as well. You know, I obviously come from Port Leisure, which is you know a pretty large provincial town, and there certainly would be some serious social issues that you know I think if, if uh, population was dispersed better, I think it would be better. And there is no doubt, but I think an awful lot of villages are going to end up, um, you know, with a very aged population, and who's going to look after that at the minute? And there's huge issues around crime and all of that. But look, this is sort of turn into a political show at the minute, <laughs> Uli, and uh, that you know we're not going to go there. We'll keep it to with the sport. So we'll get, let's get back to that. Certainly, the GA has a role to play, and not necessarily the GA. Like we, you know, we fly that flag the whole time in terms of the GA being a community organisation and uh, and that which it is. But look, other sports need to come up to the mark here as well. You know, whether it's the local soccer team or or whatever it is, need to come up to the mark here. Um, how how can the GA help Ballyhale? Sham- look, geez, Ballyhale Shamrocks don't need much help. But how can the GA help a small rural club? whose youth teenagers are going to college in a city and then getting a job in a city. You know, what can the GEA do to, to actually fix that? Well, I think well, even just the mere fact that the, the club is there makes it um, interesting for the young person to come home from college. Um, and certainly there's a focal point around the village or around the community uh, to do with that. So the mere fact that it's there and that it's relevant within the community is really, really important here. And, you know, sometimes you, you don't see that. And you don't understand the importance of that until you stand back and look at it. But I, I think... Um, you know, it has served the GA well to be non-political, and you know nobody will want them to, to to step outside of that, except in in exceptional circumstances. But this is a little bit more than that. This is about communities and that. Um, and I think the influence that the GA can draw on on at the end of the day, these are political questions that need to be to be um, resolved by political people. At yeah. the end of the day, that's where the power is going to lie. And I think the GA can certainly lean on that and and be much more influential on that. And even if that's around, you know. 
um, housing plans or population shifts. Um, I mean, there was a good initiative a couple of years ago about government services moving down the country. I know the move to larger urban areas, but it also sort of filtered out to the rural areas around there. So there's a certain amount of initiatives like that that I think GA can influence politicians to change policy on certain things like this, which I think would benefit society and certainly would benefit rural communities. Um, so I think even the mere fact, I mean, you go back to Ballyhale, um, you've got Ballyhale in Octoford or two villages, people know them well if they're travelling from Kilkenny to Waterford, travelling from Dublin down to Waterford. Um, and look, they're, they're small, but the mere fact that there's an actual cohort of people closely together in a village like that can give a certain amount of spirit and pride to the area. Um, and I think, you know, even having a successful team, you know, is hugely important in those areas because it gives a sense of identity. And, you know, even if that's a young fellow going to WIT or he's going to, you know, he could be going to NUIG or some college even up the north or up to Belfast. The mere fact that, that you know, this week he's held a mention he's from Ballyhale has a certain, you know, there's a certain ring to that and it certainly gives a sense of identity and a sense of place to people and, and ultimately that's what the GA is about. It's a, a sporting organisation but ultimately it's about a sense of place. Um, you refer to, to the um, amalgamations. Uh, I think it's a different issue, uh, Woolley, but you know, it is aligned to that. Um, it certainly will w- work well and it has served um, Leash Hurling well and has obviously served those clubs well. It has some downsides. Um, you know, the, the lesser number of clubs, the lesser there's opportunities for some players to play at a you know a reasonably high level. Um, so I think it needs to be to be looked at. It's not just a quick fix of some of these issues. Um, you know, one of the downsides is that so in an amalgamated club, particularly if there were two former senior clubs, is there enough space for everybody to be able to play in that? Um, and of course, that raises its own issues then, because their second team may be stronger than some local junior team, you know, in the, in the next parish, and that that denies them the opportunity then to push on. Yeah, there's so a knock-on effect. There's a knock-on effect to all of these things, but there definitely is a solution within all of that. And and, and you know, one of the other solutions is, you know, in terms of actually uh, combining a lot of those junior clubs together into an area team, which is not dissimilar to Cork, maybe not as big as that. And you know, looking at structuring or championship, I, I think the prism that should be looked at is how can we ensure enough quality game for all of our players the the you know the top performance and the middle performance and the lower performance how can we structure our championship and then go back to our clubs and restructure ourselves to make sure that that happens yeah. uh, because I think that's a good point the Kerry model and stuff that you, you're not necessarily because those amalgamations have that knock on effect at intermediate level and then that's distorted at intermediate level whereas the if you play all the, the championships off as normal but then in the senior championship let the area teams come together and challenge the Port Leashes you know to use Leash as an example or the bigger clubs that seems like a really good solution that almost like often I was thinking down through the years that Kerry have a really complicated um, championship when in actual fact it gives every player in the whole county a chance to play senior well, hurling I, or football I think that's brilliant and I think if a player is ambitious and wants to reach to the top look you will definitely improve by playing at a higher level I mean the whole science or any coach will tell you that um, and I think that some of the tricks to look at is um, can we leave a sufficient window within the county championships within the county to play off junior championships and then to be able to amalgamate some teams to play off in a senior championship and I think that's definitely doable um, you know of course that time has been sort of constricted a little bit by the, the you know the league championship at county level now um, and I just think and I've said this before Wally on it I think you know if you've got enough um, there's enough intelligent people in the GA to, to, to 
bring a couple of people together um, to, to fix this and you know some of the solutions we might have to bite hard on and that may very well be that a county team would train um, along with the club team uh, during the week so you might do two nights training with the county and maybe one night with the club or three nights with the county and two nights with the club or whatever that is but there's definitely a solution there within the whole mix to be able to provide proper windows for all championships so as all players can play at an appropriate level and yet finish off that championship by year end uh, you know I see there were some comments recently from, from a GA committee about playing it over 13 months I don't see a need to do that I certainly think that the All-Ireland that we saw last Sunday could be played off on you know the first Sunday in, de- in December or something like that it might be absolutely suitable for hurling but look you're not going to get everything right Well that's the thing because the attendance was very very poor for both finals it was 17,819 um, last year's was only 15,500 but that was on the same day as the Ireland playing the in the Grand Slam the final game of the Grand Slam usually it's averaging around 30,000 so the club finals on St. Patrick's Day unfortunately I think you know are maybe a thing of the past it loses all its momentum before Christmas we're all crazy about the club season and you just love to see mm. it uh, mm. you know see it off Croke Park is going to be perfect conditions in December or January anyway so there's no problem with the finals even play the semi-finals there or you know there's no excuse really now not to be at least attempting to try and finish it within the 12 months I, 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 No I think without some some um, different type of solutions Willie it can't happen um, because um, you know, because of the way the county championship is structured now, and because of the Munster and Leinster yeah. league championship, so it's, um, you know we're going to have to look at some radical way of looking at this. The whole know. season needs to shorten. The intercounty really, yeah. season needs to shorten. Yeah. It, it does, and I, and I just think, um, look, you could look at I don't know, is it the North Kerry? Uh, senior football championship I think is played on Stevens' day the place is mobbed uh, because there's a culture around that and I think if the GA sort of stood back and look at his championship structure and all of this first and then look at a, a, you know, a real a really good PR structure around all of that how can we promote the games and, and uh, you know I suppose build them up into a crescendo like there was a club final last Sunday how can we do that um, you know there needs to be a lot of work done on that I think Well that's the thing and there'll be a lot of just hurling snobs that just listen to the hurling show and not the football show mm-hmm. but we were saying on the football show here recently that if the All-Ireland Club Hurling and Football Finals were played on the week before Christmas people are coming home for Christmas yes. to their own local areas for a holiday anyways and it all go and it would actually improve crowds mm. uh, over e- Christmas e- even just think of that will you for a minute um, you know even in terms of uh, Christmas presents and whatever um, you know I, I mean I've been in probably at every club final for a, for a long number of years um, and you know something like that you know would be would be, would be very welcome incidentally you just spoke about hurling and, and football uh, Woolly and, and you know you were right to an, to an extent um, you know I just look at myself and use myself as the example here um, you know I wouldn't often stay around for the football I did last Sunday and it was a, it was some spectacle of football yeah. from Cardiff Hinn uh, certainly the, some of the most exciting sport of any sport let it no matter what it is um, in terms of the quality of, the, of their play and that to see and to see how they set themselves up and I suppose just from a coach's perspective Perspective to see how they set themselves up and they're counter-attacking. And to see Kieran Fitzgerald defending his own square at one minute, at, I, I, I don't want to put an age in it, but he certainly he certainly won't be seeing 30 again. And to see him one minute later, you know, looking for, to score a goal in the opposite square was something else to see and it was, it was very, very welcome. Um, and look, I, I go back to the hurling as well. You know, Ballyhale gave an absolute exhibition of hurling last Sunday and, and um, you know, they're looking at the age profile of their, of their team, they can only get better. I'm impressed. You must have stayed to the end of the football then, Cheddar, if you saw Kieran Fitzgerald cleared off the line for a Hurling snob to stay till the end of a one-sided football final. Jeez, that's that's top-notch uh, stuff altogether. 
Um, they ended up being two disappointing games because they were one-sided, yeah. but there were two, like you almost just sit there and yeah. appreciate the brilliance of the bo- of both winners uh, more bo- than anything Both were exceptional performances. Yeah, exactly. So there's great value in Nolan Park this weekend, Cheddar. I'd imagine you're going to head over to this. It's only €20 Euros, um, if you pre-purchase, or 25 at the gate for two brilliant semi-finals and like I mean we complain about different things like I mean you could pay 20 euros into a county semi-final in Leash sometimes yeah. this yes. is, for anyone that's near Kilkenny on Sunday yeah. they should absolutely be going to this for 20 yes. euros pre-booked you're getting two top quality um, league semi-finals yeah and I agree with you I think the GA need to be you know often times you'll be giving out about things and, and that but you also need to flip the coin and commend them um, at different times I mean well, you know they are a community and uh, GA is a family oriented um, organisation and you know this makes it a little bit easier um, look you'd pay 20 euros to go into a nightclub that you might walk out of two or three minutes later um, <laughs> so you know I, I think you look, could get it, thrown out of each other if you were on the door <laughs> 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 we won't go into that one because we'll be here all day if I want to tell some of them stories but uh, just uh, Cheddar, <laughs> Cheddar used to be a bouncer on one of the nightclubs when I was a tear away teen so that's all that's the context of that joke we'll say no more about that Cheddar because the, the thing about the thing about it was is it's 20 euros in but the attendances have been very poor so far in the league like I mean the one in Walsh Park was real standout a home match and all the talk about Walsh Park and only 2,753 showed up to a, a league quarter final incredible there was more at the Leash Limerick game in Amore Park where there was a, an estimated 5,000 at that and only 3,500 in Semple Stadium I'm not sure what to put that down to at all I think maybe the games on television the weather I know the Waterford fans showed up to the Galway game and got absolutely lashed out of it or mm. you know was it the was some game in Walsh Park and maybe they just didn't trust it mm. and it's on the television and a bit of laziness comes into play I, I think the weather had something to do with it uh, Willie. but um, look it's in all sports it's not just ne- necessarily hurling or it's not just necessarily G. Um, there just seems to be there's, there's so many attractions uh, now that, that you know I mean, you're, you're sort of comparing this with maybe even nine, 20 years ago but if you compare it with 40 years ago what other attraction would have been would be next Sunday other than to go to a match if you're interested in it um, so I, I think I'm not surprised by this and I think you'll see spikes in attendance over the next couple of years um, and I think also if, if you just think of it for a minute um, you know, it, it, it's quite expensive. You're going to move into a monster championship now. Just take water, for example. You're going to move into a monster championship. And bear in mind, last year they were driving all over the country um, in 2018. Um, and you're going to go to three or four more extra matches that you win in other years. And I'd say some people might say, um, you know, well, let's save the money and let's save it for the championship and we'll go to it then. Um, so there's probably a number of reasons. But yeah. again... It's I, a shockingly I, low attendance though, isn't no, it? No, I do agree with you. Uh, you know, considering the quality and offer, I mean, yeah. I'd expect 3,000 people to go to see Joe Canning just play. Um, <laughs> as I know, um, I'm going back, Willie, a little bit before your time, but but um, I remember times when you could have 3,000 people in for band just to see Tony McTeague play a football. And that's the, that's all they came to see. And, you know, it may be very well the same with, with the hurlers. I'm just thinking that that one just, just, just comes to mind. Um, so it is surprising, yes. But I, I, I think that we cannot just um, accept anymore because we've quality players and, and so on and so on that we don't need to do anything else. I think the PR and all of those things, you know, we need to work on all of those. The competition is savage here for audience. Yeah, hopefully Nolan Park, there'll be no ex- excuse for 15 20,000 to be at the league semi-finals it would be great if there was quickly before we move on to talk to Joey Holden um, Davy Fitzgerald was up in the stand against um, Galway 
and he was up there looking at in front of he had his laptop in front of him and he looked very cosy up there and then at half time he got pissed off with the referee because the free count was 30 and 2 and the cameras had him lynching the, the lines or the um, the referee um, at half time and then he stayed down in, in the second half and I didn't actually realise that he always does one half up one half down so he was quoted to say I'd love to spend a whole lot up there believe that I love it I can see the game I'm telling you 100% it's so different being up there than being down what I came down on the sideline is okay I think it's important to have a presence on the sideline as well I'm the manager at the end of the day so the compromise is is that I go up at, or for one and down for another and I was interested in this because obviously I see massive advantages of being up there and having your stats right in front of you and being able to get a full view of the whole field be able to see some off the ball stuff but I was interested in him, say, him saying I think it's important to have a presence on the sideline as well do you think the presence on the sideline is important? Um, I, I, I think it, it is um, only yes um, look it depends a lot I suppose on the, the connection uh, between the management and the, and the team and certainly in Davies instance you know that connection would be would be very very strong and look there's a lot of things come into this you know your leadership on the field you may very well stand back if you have sufficient strong leadership on the field to make decisions um, you know you don't you may not need that presence on the sideline so it, it's not just a um, you know one solution fits all here there's a number of things I think that would come into it yeah. But I think it is interesting. Uh, incidentally, I think it happened originally when Davy was banished to the stand by Don Whisford. Yeah. I think that was. My, my, but I do remember a good n- number of years ago. It was just when Croke Park opened, and I know I had no one wasn't thinking about anything at that stage. But I do remember being at a couple of matches. Um, I was very lucky to have a friend with a car that w- had a corporate box there, and, and I got used of it a number of times at matches, and was sort of in the centre of the field. And I always said that you know if, if you ever got to Croke Park, you definitely want to use this here uh, because your view of puck out and movement off the ball and all of those things is just simply so much better yeah um but look there's a whole lot of ways of of working this you know look considering where technology has gone now everybody's wired up and mic'd up and your eyes and ears up in the stand you know can transmit the same and once you're on the same wavelength with somebody that you trust um you know you're going to get the very very same information to you anyway so i don't think it's as, it's hugely it's as hugely important now i think you know we've borrowed some things from rug, from rugby i mean all of the top rugby nations would do it now um they have nearly the whole management team up there don't the, they they have the, nothing on the, the sideline they really. do but you know and look that this is where GA is going to go to. You know, you have their management team would be broken down into backs and forwards. The backs are probably not even in, the backs coaches are probably not even interested in looking at what the forwards coaches are doing or vice versa. They're looking at all their own stats and all their own little key pieces, and they can come back and replay the things and look at the mistakes that they're making and and look at what the other team is doing as well and and you know be able to communi- communicate things. Um, so I, I won't be surprised if the GA move a little bit more in that. Not necessarily up in the stand, but you're, and you're looking at teams, uh, Willie. You know, every every county team now has, has a defensive coach, a forwards coach, puck out coach, all of those things. You know, the level of detail that county management teams go down to now is is, is pretty pretty serious. Um, and I just think where technology is. Um, you know, you, you'll certainly, you know, you're able to transmit that information very, very quickly, even if you were a coach on the sideline. And if you look at the best, you know, the most successful and best manager of all times on the sideline the whole time, um, you know, so it, it, those facts speak for themselves. Yeah, it's always been done. But like, I mean, I don't know any big championship game, Cheddar. Sure, you standing on the sideline shouting in with the crowd behind you. Sure, players can't hear you. The only player who might hear you is a wing back right in front of you. Like, what are you really doing on the sideline then? You know, like, I mean, are, yeah. are, is the advantages of that brilliant view that you spoke about that I know all about in Croke Park because the, the press area is a lovely view and you see so much stuff that 
does that not outweigh you trying to roar at the top of your I remember playing in Croke Park in matches and I'd be wing back or wing forward and the centre back mm. or centre forward can't even hear, hear me when I'm, sh- when I'm shouting yeah. at them. Yeah. so I don't know like I mean you could have uh, somebody run in and say to you the manager shouting at you and you wouldn't even be paying a blind bit of difference to him uh, you, you, well look you wouldn't be shouting or you shouldn't be shouting anyway um, and, and you're right in Croke Park or the runners park. are doing all they, this they, they do you know this is, this is a word in the year and it's not necessarily going in it's given instruction but it's also receiving instruction from your key leaders in, t- in the team nobody sees better what's going on uh, than your central players they, yeah. have, they, they have the full view of what's going on in front of you and you know you need to be tapping into what they're saying so more often than not you're going into uh, to you know to ask the, you know what do they see and then you know you can take that inf- information to the sideline and you know, you know you might make some decisions um, and you might make the wrong ones I'm not saying that but well, look, look that's the communication I suppose mediums between the, the players and the management uh, whether you do that in the sideline or whether you do it up in the stands uh, sometimes it's easier actually to do it in the sideline you can get that word in or word out which is even more important quicker by being on the sideline Yeah I think for Davy's heart I'd prefer to see him in the stand he looks so calm up there and then on the sideline he just looks like he's a complete uh, well, nervous say, wreck that's it well you don't know about Davy, uh, and I'd be hugely supportive of the man, and, and hugely delighted to see him involved in hurling. But I know a certain amount of referees and, and, and <laughs> sideline and umpires that would be glad he stays up in the stand. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that one. Right, we'll come back with Joey Holden. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. 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 There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. So Ballyhale Shamrocks won their seventh All-Ireland Club title on Sunday. And Joey Holden joins us on the line now. Joey, how's it going? Oh, not too bad now. How's the head today? Ah, it's a bit choked now. We've we've had a few days celebrating, so um, we really enjoyed it now. But back to reality now for a little while, I suppose. Back to reality. You're back into work. I can't believe it. So, like, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe you're just too used to winning them, Joey. I would have taken the full week off. Ah, no, we we can't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have to get back to reality, I suppose, and back in train with Kenny's night as well. Like, so this kind of show goes on, I suppose, in a way. But I know we really enjoyed the last few days all together. That so was a really good, really, 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 really good. Yeah, come here. Were you surprised at the manner of the victory? Um, like, you know, such a one-sided final. We would have watched Saint Thomas's play and that kind of. We were kind of very worried about, you know. And I think they got a couple of injuries before the game, and then a couple of injuries in the game. So that kind of. Like if you're taking four lads out of any team like that, it, it can really affect their balance now. Um, but that's the potential that some of our lads have there to just take over the show. Like, and that's what some of them did. You know, Colin was immense, and Adrian Mullen he got five points in play and hit the post three times as well. Like, you know, so 
that's the potential that they have, you know. Yeah, it's some shooting, all right. So the two twenty eight you scored was the, the highest ever score in an All Ireland club. Um, final, you created forty three scoring chances over the sixty minute. That's a shot every ninety seconds. Like, I mean, it's a complete perfect performance, really. That's it, yeah. No, that's it's, it's what you plan to do, I suppose. But obviously, sometimes it doesn't go like that. But no, this, everything just came, seemed to work out for us, you know. And we got every kind of break that was going. It seemed to fell fall for us, like. But that's like the forwards and fairness, and like that's that's some shooting within sixty minutes of some scoring. Isn't it? Yeah, geez, it is. There's no doubt about that. Come here. It must be a, a really nice feeling. I have no idea what it feels like. I might from a county final point of view, but. You're five minutes to go in an all and club final and let's be honest, you know at that stage you have it wrapped up. Can you just relax and really enjoy it at that stage and look around into the stand or what were you? What are you thinking? Um, yeah, you kind of, I suppose you kind of do. Like I said I said to someone there, like not, not every player gets to do this, you know, not every player gets to play in Crow Park with your club, so it's, it's a special place to be and just when you win, it's just all you've been working for is just to get that victory, you know, and then when that comes to reality, it just means everything. And it's so much hard work goes on behind the scenes, all the all the people that do all the work in the club, like and you're just so happy for them, not alone just yourself, but just so happy for everyone that's put in all the hard work all through the year. Yeah, no, definitely. And come here, let's be honest, at the start of this year, all Ireland club titles weren't on your horizons at all, were they? No, absolutely not. No, we was not start of the year we said we wanted to get back being competitive in Kilkenny. Um the last few years haven't went so well for us, so that was the aim: is just maybe try to get back on top in Kilkenny, and and we done that. And then after that, you just kind of take it game by game and see where you're going. They say we won Leinster, and that was all, everything was all right. And then we enjoyed our Christmas, and then we got ready for Ballygunner, which was a serious test, and got over the line. So you just kind of take it game by game. But so every year, no one really set out to win at all. I learned at the start of the year, you just set out to win your own county, and if if you can do that, you just take a game by game after that, you know. Yeah, but like, I mean, we know all these young fellas now and, you know, you won two under-21s. Was there a little bit of quiet optimism in the club that these lads were all coming up and they'd match up with you lads, the Fennelys and yourself and, uh, you know, TJ and and you're going to have a good mix? Or we're... Absolutely, yeah. Like, we'd be watching their progress. They would have won a minor as well on top of the last two under-21 titles. So the potential is definitely there, you know. But sometimes I think it can be difficult to maybe jump up to the senior ranks, you know, it's a big big step up, but them lads are have to take them to like like ducks to water, like, you know, there's no bother on them at all and they just go out and do what they've been doing the whole time, which is winning games and just hurling and just really enjoying themselves. So um they've really draw driven all of us on really. They kinda of older lads can maybe followed in their footsteps and just look how hard they're working at the, the whole time and just they've really driven driven everything on, you know. Yeah. It's amazing you almost went out in the Ken- Kilkenny semi final. Yeah, uh, we were steeped to us against Castle Comer. We got a, a late goal. Evan Shepton got a late goal. He's half back, so. Um, but I suppose you need that bit of luck sometimes, you know. But it's ultra competitive in Kilkenny. Every team is very, very close. Yeah. You get no easy game in Kilkenny, like so. But that stands you then, like, you know, when you get through them tough games, you just get that winning feeling from them tough games, and it really stands you when you go forward. And, yeah, Michael Fenley in his speech, his speech was brilliant, I thought. It was a great bit of personality in it, but he he kind of drew attention to how small a parish it is and the limited resources, and he talked about having two pitches and a primary school that has a pitch and that it has produced some of the best hurlers that have ever played the game, and that's that's a fact as well. Tell us, uh, how small is it? Like, I mean, I was reading that all the shops in the village are gone and the post office is closed and there's just a pharmacy, a cafe and one pub there now. That's it, yeah, you know, it's kind of, when the motorway was built and then the recession kind of came, everything went around, Ballet was kind of gone, so 
but having said that then what happens then I suppose the hurling field became the hub of the kind of parish you know that's where everyone meets and they go down let their kids train that kind of thing like and they have parents be chatting away like so it kind of became the hurling field kind of comes the hub of it but yeah it's really really small there's three parishes you might see in our crest there it's BKK so that's Knockmile and Ballyhale and Knocktofer so it's kind of so it's a long skinny parish but um I'd say no more than 1,200 people in the parish, so to produce what we're doing, is, it's fair going, all right? Yeah, you've got good genes there anyways. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Can't be breeding, as Tommy, <laughs> Shet- Tommy Shetton said. You can't be breeding. You can't be breeding. And come here, like, I mean, this is the thing, because it's such a small village, like, and there's not much there. How are you able to keep all the young fellas there and committed? Because I was listening to Henry before the game. He was saying in 2010, when you were there, for an all-around final, something like 10 of the squad were in the under-12 um, game that same day. So, like, I mean, for such a small village to not have lads kind of leaving and going elsewhere, if you know what I mean, to keep lads together. Yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, but um, I suppose all the lads, they really enjoy hurling. You, know? like, you don't you don't really realise what you're doing. You're just going down and you're enjoying yourselves, you know, you're having the crack. Like, the crack before training would be, would be better than nearly after, you know, because we all yeah. go down and just enjoy what we're doing you know and then you go out in the field you take it serious and you do your stuff and then you come back in you'll have a bit more crack so I think lads look forward to going train more so than feel like they have to go train you know everyone's looking looking forward and can't wait to get down in the field which is which is what you do when you're a young lad and then when you're up to the senior ranks I think that's what keeps bringing people back and keeps bringing the young lads back and keeps everyone driving on Yeah exactly so that one pub has been fairly busy for the last uh, couple of days Bad has yet to Got a good old scene to alright. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, keep lads over now. We're back, back training in a couple of weeks. So, well, that's the big um, cha- that's the big challenge, Joey. Like, I mean, if you're trying to have a sneaky pint, you're not you're at nothing going down to that one pub in the village. No, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you'll, you'll, they'll know where you be fairly quick. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, you're a very unusual one in that you're from Ballyhale, which is completely dominated by hurling in Kilkenny, obviously as well. And you didn't start hurling until you were eleven. What the hell were you doing until you were eleven? <laughs> Uh, a few other things keep me going, you know, a few businesses. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was just, um, I would have, I went to school in Carrick Shock, so I'm at, right at the far end of the parish, literally, my house, one field to the left is Mullivat Parish, and three fields to the right is Carrick Shock Parish, so I would have went to school in uh, Carrick Shock Primary School, so I would have heard with them when I was underage, and then started playing with Ballyhale, so I was under 11 with Ballyhale, under 13 in school with Harry Shock and then under 12 with Ballyhale as well so it's kind of an unusual little um, connection there Right there's definitely is because we did some work with Carrick Shock they've got the powers right and Michael Rice and all them yeah. so was there yeah. any any phone calls being made to your house to join Carrick Shock I'm sure there was back then to your parents No 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 the father had to be well warned that he was going to play for <laughs> Ballyhale and that was it <laughs> So not only did you start uh, playing when you were 11 then you went for minor trials and under 21 trials and you weren't really getting in the mix at all there like I mean you, you were a late bloomer taking up maybe the game and you're a late bloomer or with Bally Hale and you're a late bloomer then kind of making the step up to the very top level yeah absolutely yeah so at that age I was kind of in for trials but I knew myself I kind of wasn't good enough and you know it just, just didn't just didn't happen for me you know but I suppose when you're down training with Bally Hale you're marking likes of Henry and TJ and Colin and Mick and these lads you learn so much off marking them even when they're after roasting you you kind of learn more from maybe marking them so things just didn't click for me um, just didn't happen for me but I always loved the hurling when I was underage in Ballyhale numbers were very tight so maybe that didn't help either but um, 
when it's brought into Kenny, I still didn't think I was good enough. Maybe I'm not now, but anyway, I'm still there. Um, so it just it just started to click for me, and then it's just you just start playing, and next thing you know, you're starting to Kenny team, and you, you do all right, and you start in the next day. So it's just the way it happened, I suppose. I didn't really think about it too much, but. It took me a while to get going. I look back on it, I suppose. So, so when you were younger, then uh, you would have been marking probably TJ and Henry maybe in training because you were out wing back and stuff. And like, would they be giving you tips during training or after training what they don't like? You know, what they don't like fellas doing, marking them and stuff like that. Not really. No, you just you just kind of go out and like just go out and do your best on them, you know, and figure it out yourself. You figure it out yourself, you know, and you kind of know when you play well and you kind of know when you haven't, you know, so. Anytime you can stop them that hurling, it, it's a fair achievement. So um, you just learn from that, like you know, try to try to bring that into the hurling field every day. Yeah, exactly. So, what's your favourite position then? Is it wing back? I'd say wing back. Yeah, wing back. You're kind of more involved in the game sometimes. Um, so that's probably the position I would have started playing with Valley Hill. So that's probably the favourite one, right? Yeah. So that's it. So JJ being converted from wing back to a full back really screwed you over. This was your ticket back to do the same. <laughs> I don't know about that. I wouldn't say that now. <laughs> you have to. They're doing that the whole time. He, uh, Brian Cody's doing it with Parik Walsh now as well. He's back out to midfield. You, well, you were back out wing back last year for Kilkenny, right? So maybe, maybe that's yeah. where you're being looked at now again. Ah, sure. It's hard to know. We'll, 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 we'll see how that goes now. We come in further into the year. That won't be long coming up now. I think we've Dublin in something like seven weeks' time. So that'll be the next big challenge now. And we look back to get back in the field and look forward to getting that challenge on the road. Yeah, no, exactly. One other question I always wanted to ask you, Joey, is the it was the 2016 final when Shamie Callanan um, cleaned up that day and you were marking him. And you haven't really been uh, looked at for full-back for Kilkenny since that. You've been cornerback and wing-back. And like I was thinking, because JJ is a pundit here on our show and Callanan's done the same thing to JJ in an all-around final. I just thought it very cutthroat for one off day on one of the best players in the country. Do you know what I mean? To... to I don't know, like, I mean, we're not going to start criticising Brian Cody. That's his decision. But even from your own point of view, that could happen to anyone. Shamie Callanan has, has roasted lots of full-backs. Yeah, Shamie's a savage player. Ah, listen, that's the way it went. Look, when, when you're in Kilkenny, it's such a, it's a special place to be, you know. And as I said to someone the other day, like, if you can get a number that's under 15, hold on to it as best you can and just do your best when you go. But at the end of the day, it's if Kilkenny are winning, you should be happy. It doesn't matter where you are, you know. Um, if you're lucky enough to get a number under 15 just hold on to it and do the best that you can with it Yeah exactly Come here you're back to training you were saying with Kilkenny tonight so will you all go in the same car there might be a nice little sing song going along in your car to Kilkenny training or how many of you are called in or do you go together? Uh, there's about seven of us in there now so uh, we kind of make our own way there but um, yeah we'll, we'll try to get through tonight and get back in, the, back in the real world I suppose and get ready for the next challenge that's ahead yeah, exactly. Well, come here, Joey. Thanks very much for giving us uh, your time here today and we'll let you back to work there. All right, thanks very much. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. A few weeks later, they played Kilkenny below Nolan Park. The same year. And oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in and said, Joey, there was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was He was massive. Legs, ass, bit. And I burst out laughing about him. <laughs> there he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy, you can't touch this. Yeah, that's how we living and you know you can't touch this. Look at my eyes, man. Okay, so the first one we look at here in Paddy Power Predictions is... 
Galway and Waterford so this obviously like we said is in Nolan Park this is the second game this is pretty even in the bookies it's 5-6 to six, Galway slight favourites Waterford slight outsiders 6-5 to five. I think most people haven't seen Waterford um, Cheddar would be very enthused about their prospects for the year obviously we can't draw too much into a league but we know Clare are a serious team and Clare are not the type of team that think they're too big for their boots that they're not going to go yeah. down and try and win in Walsh Park so for them to put up that score against them definitely I think a lot of people around the country are sitting up and taking a little bit of notice of Waterford now Yeah no I agree Willie. Um and I think it's not necessarily the results actually it's I suppose the feeding come out of the camp and that um, and look I think there was a, I mean we spoke about this last year and before Park was appointed and we were just making the point that you know this was a difficult transition for a manager um, to be able to go in uh, when there was a certain style in place already um, and that may need may needed to be changed and then to make sure that you had all the players on board and you know fully behind your thinking and all of that um, was, a, was a difficult job and I think that succession has you know has happened really really well um, I think Parik might have been, you know, l- l- you know, a little bit farsen in the sense that he was in um, uh, 1B and had maybe, um, you know, wasn't playing the top teams in the first games and that, and had probably had a chance to get his feet under the table and get to know players and, and you know, get across his point of view the way the team wanted, that he wanted the team to play and all of that. So he had, a, he was had a little bit of time to do this, but the succession has been good and and um, you know, there's a different sort of shape to Waterford now. Um, so and and like you know the the comments from players and that you know appear to be you know they're very very happy in the setup and and uh, you know they're very keen to push on with the careers now and go away and win something. So the, the, the I suppose the 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 music around the team is good and that's always nice to hear because when it's the other way it's difficult to pull that back. But not alone that, but the, the you know the results have backed up that particular recent results against Galway and against Clare have backed that up, um, and they're in a really really good position and obviously playing Galway way again you know haven't beaten them recently I know it's in a different pitch and so on and so on uh, but look Willie, Watford are a big team. You know, Watford are a team that have been in All Ireland recently, um, and you know are certainly one of the top teams in the country, and probably don't need that type of um, you know psychological motivation about who they're playing or where they're going to play or anything like that. They obviously don't really care who they play or where they play. They are good enough, and more importantly, they think and believe that they're good enough to win and to win the top games. Um, so I think they're in a good position, and in a good position going in going into Sunday as well, and and. I think there's a couple of other little things about Waterford. If we just talk about them for a minute, Willie, um, you know, they were they were they were very unfortunate with the level of injuries last year. Yeah. I, I think if that happened to them again this year, they'd be well able to carry that. They've found some new players. Um, some players have returned. Um, and keep going back to that dynamic now in the dressing room there's some serious competition for places both defence and attack and you know it's interesting to to think that we're not usually talking about Michael Welch or Kevin Moran or Jamie Barron there's a lot of other players here that are stepping up to the mark and yet those other players are really excelling here so it it would look like that they're in a really really good place Um, you know so but again like everything else it's like the the um, having the plans in the army and they're never really tested until you meet the opposition. They could, the plan could go straight out the window. Um, but but they're, you know they're going to step into quality players now. They're going to be playing Galway, and if the coach get through that, they're going to be playing another quality team. And then they're stepping into Munster, which is you know which is real doggy dog uh, championship. And they're going to have to be consistent and play every day, or every every day to that level. But they have the tools to play that. They also have some big players, big physical players that you know you can mix it up. You can go short and you can go uh, skillful thirty meter 
your hurry, pass it to people on, on, on the move or if you want to you can mix it up and go along they have a, certainly a mix of, of players within their team now that I think you know they're, they're, they're really going to have a right go off of this summer I would think Yeah I think so too Now Patrick Fanning played down the systems he said we've only tweaked a couple of things so I think there's too much emphasis on systems but at the end of the day the lads are making plenty of good decisions and we ended up putting up a big score on the board Now he's playing down the system thing but I would say it was pretty obvious like there was occasions where Clare gave a ball in and it was a 2-1-2 situation in there we never would have seen that from a defensive point of view from Waterford and we never would have seen so many forwards left up the field now we know that Gleeson and Paragamatini and these lads were just seemed to be given free roles so for me there seemed to be very obvious system changes whether I'm not sure what Porrick's thinking there would be trying to play them down I I, 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 I didn't see that article uh, Wally but I, I wouldn't think that he was trying to play it down I think if you were just asked the specific question are you playing with a sweeper or are you not he'd just say no I'm not um, if you were to ask him, you know, am I screening my defence by some other method? Um, he mightn't tell you, but, uh, you know, it's likely that they are. Um, but, you know, even the likes of, you know, I'm, I'm interested to look at Tommy Ryan, um, you know, came on for a couple of games with Waterford over the last couple of years, a very, very quick player who sort of plays off the cuff. Yeah. Um, and it, it'd be difficult for that type of player to play within a system where you expect him to do specific roles and all of that. Um, so, you know, certainly there has been some changes, but, you know, you, you know, look at the quality of the player you have there. You know, you, even some of the quality of players that you know may not have yet to come in, the likes of Morris and, and Tom Devine, and and uh, you know you've well, we, we, we actually listed them out: Connor Gleeson, the Fives brothers, Brian O'Halloran, Jake Dillon, Patrick Curran, Tom Devine weren't weren't uh, weren't involved at all. Like I mean, yeah. and, and Brick Walsh and Morris Shanahan came in off the bench. Mm. Like they've an incredible squad now. The, the, the and there's a couple of players that I think are, are, are going to make some statements this summer as well. The likes of Connor Pronti and Connor Roach and Shane McNulty. Um, you know that. You know, I just think that to have. Um, a panel of you know physically dominating players if they Tyke want to the be. Tyke the is another one that wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, no, they have. Look, there's 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 a serious, serious panel there. And they're, they're, look, they were always a serious team. Um, they just may not have all of those players. They didn't have them available to them last year for obvious reasons, for injury and so on and so on. Um, and you, you have probably the most dynamic hurler, you know, you, if you were to talk about TJ and, and uh, Tony Kelly, you're talking about Ozzy Gleeson in, in that bracket. Um, and, you know, Ozzy Gleeson is a game-breaker player and there's not that many of them around. These players like that can turn the game themselves in terms of their own performance and what they can do. Um, so, so they have a serious, serious um, uh, team here to look at a league semi-final and, and, and to push on into the Montreal Championship and further. You know, they, yeah. they, they certainly should have some serious ambitions about going places. What, what I like about them as well, and I've mentioned this about other teams, is that Parik Fanning's come in. He sees Gleeson and Parik Matany, the wing forwards. And like, I mean, it's not like Limerick. He's not copying Limerick where he's dra- getting them to drop back too far. They're, they scored four, five points each from play you know they have their mm. own, they have their own system and they can absolutely mm. do that short stick pass in which they're very comfortable doing mm. but they have their they're they're developing the Waterford style for the Waterford players rather than the the thing and I mentioned this about Tipperary on a recent show that they need to probably do that as well because the the like the the easy thing often to do is see what the other and champions did and you know Galway and Limerick would would drop their half forward lines back you know fairly deep 
Um, but n- not every team needs to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, um, look, I, I always say this, Willie. Um, you play to the strengths of of your players. Now you need to be careful as well, um, and you definitely don't follow fashion because um, you may have a completely different type of player than than the Limericks or or whatever. Um, you know, in terms of the way they play. Uh, but there's a few principles that you know will all, always hand you in good stead, and one of them is to be defensively strong. How you do that um, depends on the players that that you have available to you. Um, and look, sometimes you see um, a play, you know a team maybe playing eleven deep out the field, um, and you know he's he's obviously a link taking the ball off the back line of that so they don't lose possession. But he's also a defensive screen there if that's what you want. Um, so a lot of teams have different ways of doing it, and and um, you know it may it may not be absolutely obvious, but within within the team them, themselves they know where everybody is and their yeah. roles in the team and that. Um, so a sense that you know Waterford will develop. Um, as they go along here as well that you know you may see some different little trends as they go along through the year Yeah Jamie Barron seems to keep them ticking over as usual anyway and this like mm. short stick passing game seems to suit him down to the ground doesn't it but like I mean Galway then are not, sometimes I look at the Galway team and I think geez, Galway are in uh, they're in experimentation mode and all this and like I mean Joe Cooney won't be there this year. He's away in Australia. Johnny Glynn, I think, is in America. He hasn't been seen. So we don't know whether those two are, are even going to be there. They'll have Connor Cooney, David Burke and Dahi Burke back from all Ireland club duty. But other than Connor Cooney, David Burke, Dahi Burke and Adrian Tuhi, now they are four starters. Mm. Galway aren't in necessarily the experimentation mode. Maybe these lads are all getting a run because, because lads haven't been available and might not be available. Yeah, I suppose you know. Well, certainly some of them were driven by that. Um, they just simply weren't available. So, so. But I'd say um, Michal was looking at um, maybe keeping a reasonably settled team. I think last year went maybe maybe you know maybe learned some things. And look, you never know these things, Willie, because you could do it one way one year and it might work brilliantly for you. You can do the very same next year and it go, go completely wrong or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but I think last year. And it's interesting, actually, the contrast between the way Limerick have won in All-Ireland and what have done the following year and what Galway have done the previous year. And I'd say Michal knew that he needed a little bit more strength and depth. I think he's found it a little bit. Probably didn't trust uh, young Concanon last year, um, you know, as much as I think he can this year. Um, but He looks th- a very good player to me now. I know he is. And, and, and like there's, you know, that Thomas Monaghan, there's, there's some players around there that, that um, you know, certainly can do a job and uh, for, for, for Galway. Um and what is most important, obviously, to get you know some of those big name players back as well. Joe Coney would be a big loss to them, you know, in terms of ball winning ability. Um, Johnny Glynn also in in that sort of route one hurling, if that's what you wanted yeah. to do. But I'd say Michal might have learned a little bit from the All Ireland last year as well. And that's it. Um, and maybe Ske- he might mm. not even pick Skehel for those puckouts. He might change his puckout strategy altogether. That's you know, that, like, I think I think definitely they need to look at a lot of that. And you know, I sense that Michal and Franny Ford will be looking at like at that. That you know, they were very very close. Bear in mind, they were very very close last year there was any puck of a ball and it really from in and Ireland but you don't know how the opposition is going to jump ahead of you this year you may take it that every team is going to improve 10% so you probably have 15% to improve um, you know and I've no doubt that you know they will look at that and maybe come up with some different little ways of playing what's interesting that they seem to be playing some players that we would have seen in sort of different positions in Manion being out in the middle of the field um, and at maybe a different you know looking at different uh, setups maybe of, of playing um, and you know I, I think you know Sunday could be interesting because I, you know I'd say that you know Michal doesn't he doesn't need to win the league here you, of course you go and want to win it and you want to win every match and, and that but if the, if they had a good performance and found some things and found maybe a slightly different way of playing that would be great and bear in mind 
you know, they're on the road now for a couple of years and a lot of teams would have figured out, you know, the key way that they play um, and, you know, in terms of negating that and having their own counter-taxes in place and that. And, you know, it would probably serve Galway well to come along with something slightly different this year. Yeah, because I think Galway would be served well in making the final because they could do a Conor Cooney, David Burke, Dahi Burke back on that team and actually be able to get Brian Concanon playing with Conor Cooney or whatever he wants to do because if they don't well then they'll have these fellas back maybe Adrian Toohey will be back and you'll be looking at either going back to your very close to your All-Ireland win team or you'll be back to a team that hasn't played together you know what I mean for the first round of the, the Leinster Championship Yeah no I always am a firm believer and you know when you get momentum um, and that sort of generates a huge amount of energy in your dressing room and it just generates energy around the county and all of that um, I, I think there's a lot of positivity about that and look nobody will go out to lose um, a league semi-final is all I'll say yeah. uh, but if you were lucky enough to win it and win to a league and win it again um, you know I, I think in terms of blending your team against serious um, opposition and being able to judge you know does this player have it and, and is he able to deliver it on the big days well look you know winning the league and per- performing in those days would certainly be helpful and would give a lot of confidence to the likes of Brian, Brian Cancanon and those I, you know I don't think he needs it I think he's a serious serious player but but you know if, if that was the case and you know gelling together and you know playing as a team and just getting that cohesion in your backs and that cohesion in your forwards and understanding one another the more games play obviously that's going to get hardwired even better yeah no exactly right the other one is a bit more skewed for the bookies to have uh, Dublin at 3 to 1 outsiders and Limerick at 3 to 10 so you know I think Matty um, Kenny has been talking a lot about the Dublin character and he was talking about uh he said last year we saw sizable leads being wiped out every week. This is in the championship. Most of the games in last year's championship were won in the last five, six, seven minutes. It's something that every team has to be able to do to manage the game coming down the stretch. And he's talking about that in the context of Dublin sticking in there with tip and sticking in there with tip. And that would have pleased him no end, Cheddar. That like I mean, they stuck in there. They played with the wind and their lead was wiped out five minutes into the second half and they still won that game. Like, I mean, mm. can't we were talking about this on Monday. That have serious, serious um, confidence, you know, improved the, those lads' confidence no end. Yeah, no, I, I think... Um you know the recent wins have have you know given a lot of momentum to, to, to Dublin. And look, I, I've said this before, Willie. You don't know what teams are doing in the earlier part of the year. Are they you know are they on a really really uh, tough training program? Yeah. And you know some of their earlier league games, um, you know, it would have been questionable in terms of their performance and you know where they were going to go. But you don't know. Um, and you know you don't know if there's some key players missing of the game plan that Matty wants to bring in but certainly the recent matches um, have brought him on a lot and I, I just think that the odds on Sunday are are, are not right um, I think Dublin actually have um, they have a lot of the tools necessary to take on uh, Limerick they have some really really big players in their defence um, so it, the air game that Limerick enjoys over a lot of other teams will not be as, as clear I think on Sunday yeah. on, on Sunday Crummy'd physically match up to Grode Hegarty wouldn't he where a no, lot of players all along wouldn't. the wheel all along that halfback line wheel and, and um, you know they're strong um, and you know they're big, they're, they have a lot of players back and you know Matty will have a more possession oriented game that they're not going to be giving the ball away as cheaply you know if, you were, if he's using the cooler model well that's what you're going to see 
um, and look, he has a serious he's a serious team with him and a serious management team with him. You know, he's he's had Greg, Greg Kennedy with him for a couple of years. Um, he is Mickey McCulloch in with him. You know, Mickey would have had a lot of success coaching. He was with Ballyboden last year and would have been when Mead were really making leaps and bounds over a couple of years. He was he was involved with him, um, and he'd have Owen Rose with him coaching that you know would know Dublin underage hurling inside out. Um, so he's you know he's a serious serious team along with him, and there was some serious players um, you know available to them. Um, and I think you know once Matty gets his method of play and his system of play um, refined and rehearsed and rehearsed, um, I really do believe that they are a serious threat in Leinster and yeah. beyond. If you've they want said to be. that, al- you've said that all along, haven't you? And like the thing, about the difference about this year is that under Gilroy, whether you like it or not, they beat no big team. Now they got close to Kilkenny this year already in the league. They've beaten Waterford and Tip. Last year in the league quarter final, which they made, they lost to Tip by 11 points, and this year they go and beat them. So, like, I mean, Maddie Kenny has done so far. Now, obviously, we have to qualify all this by saying it's the league and we don't know maybe Tipperary were on another training camp or you don't know where mm. where all their priorities lie. We'll know that. We won't know that until the championship. But on the mm. face of it, they've, they've definitely moved on and improved from last year. Well, if you, look, if you just compare um, Kula, I, I just thought that... Um that you know, Gilroy's game plan. I, I wasn't too sure where that was going to go next um, because I just think that that you know the route one with the following players. Um, I just think it would be easier to, to defend once you figure it out. And once I had the right players, obviously to, to do it. Um, it. When you saw Kula play, and you know Kula beat some serious teams, but they had a real, real definite way of playing. A yeah. Very, very high, very intense work rate, and he has all those players aboard of him again, including a lot of the people that he had involved with him in Kula. Yeah. Um, you know, so I. I, I think that that and you know bear in mind as well that you know the Limerick management team was in place for a year and we didn't see that real um, marked improved them, improvement in them in year one and it took Paul Kinnerk and, and, and uh, John Kyle and the rest of the management team a sort of a year to figure out everybody else and get the right people in the right places and all of that and you know it's going to take Matty a little while you know there's going to be a couple of sort of ropey days before he'll get things right but I, I have no doubt that they have the raw material um, and they definitely have the size and physique and the ambition to to really make a mark on Leinster this year and maybe the All-Ireland Series Yeah and uh, Michael Carton said here on Monday that Matty Kenny's big thing is to take your man on. It doesn't matter mm. if you're a cornerback, you're a wingback, you go mm. past your man, you're immediately out into that overlap territory then and mm. then you can play the short passes and you can Absolutely. draw a man and leave it over his head. Yeah. And it's basic enough, but like, I mean, it does. not many managers mm. would encourage every player in the field to go try and take your man on and go past him. I, I suppose that's your hurling philosophy. Is your hurling philosophy pace, precision, uh, pace, possession, precision, physicality. Um, if it is, you know, they are critical, I suppose, principles of play that you've got to rely on to make that work for you. Um, you've got to take on your man. You've got to create two and ones coming out of the defence and, and have good deliveries and have mobility in that in the far line. And look, Limerick have brought that to a complete different level, I suppose, in, in, yeah. in, 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 in the last year. And but the look, support play, I suppose, is vital in well, that system too. Absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Yeah, and you look, you, at the end of the day, um, you, you, you've got to have shooters up front as well. Um, you know, we referred to this before or Wooly, like tip of incredible shooters up front. But just the wiring up to that probably needs a little bit of work and you know, I'll be very I'm really, really keen to look at how tip play and look at look at Shea, Eminem, Shea's influence just in that particular 
part alone. How do you wire up the ball to, to be able to win it, work it through the lines, work it to the right men, put it over the, over the bar and go back and do it all over again umpteen times during the course of the game. Yeah. And I think Dublin have a lot of, have, have some serious talent. To I can't wait to see work. Dublin at the weekend actually because they haven't really been on, t- I don't think we've seen them on television at all. We've just been seeing highlights. So to see Dublin under the new manager six games in do you know what I mean yeah. it'd be very interesting to see them against Limerick yeah no and, and I think it, it'll probably be a, a, you know a good test of where they are and that as well you know as I say I think to have the tools to trouble Limerick you know, whether their conversion you know whether they'll score all the opportunities that they create is is just questionable at the minute so you, you know how clinical you are in front of goal with the opportunities that you make for yourself at this level now is is you know they're, they're going to move on to a different level um, I think they may have to maybe do a little bit more in that but they certainly have all the other parts in place and um, and I think it's going to I think they're playing the right team um, on, on Sunday in terms of you know a team that plays to a definite way that you've got to figure out how to counter tactic the way they're playing then go on win the match yourself I think this is going to be very interesting I'm really really looking forward to that game yeah no me too so on the Limerick side Mike Casey's back and Will, William O'Donoghue are back so they have everybody fit I think the Richie McCarthy's have a long term injury and I think Brown is a long term injury as well so they're they're absolutely go, uh, gone for the whole year but anyone that is available is fit um, Casey and O'Donoghue played a, an in-house game on Friday night so uh, John Kiley was asked about his first 15 and again I kind of get a little bit obsessed about this first 15 the year after winning the All-Ireland because you see Jim Gavin's uh, you know approach to it in the football and he doesn't care if you won him in All-Ireland he wants to change it up a little bit and keep it fresh and John Kiley was asked about the first 15 he says that's a narrative I'm not comfortable with there seems to be a continuous reflection back to how many of the All-Ireland team are being selected as if they're the strongest team and I'm guilty of that I would say well Limerick only had nine of their starting team you know so that's obviously annoying Kiley because they have a brilliant panel he says the starting 15 last year's All-Ireland they were the strongest 15 at the time or what we deemed to be the team we wanted to start the game in the All-Ireland final and I find it quite frustrating that we're reflecting back on that 15 15 all the time and I don't see the relevance that was August 2018 this is March 2019 I thought that was a very positive kind of thing to say and a very positive message to be sending his players as well I think it's a really sensible message yeah. um, uh, Woolly um, I think you know there's there's real importance in what he said here um, because he is saying that this could change from match to match as well and it depends on my needs my game plan or the opposition game plan and so on and so on um, you know, I've said this a number of times last year I think actually somebody on, on the show uh, you know Willie asked um, asked you know why God were freshening things up and all of that you can only freshen things up if you have better players to play. You certainly kind of just throw in somebody to freshen things up. And that can only happen in the training field or in matches. And unless you're seeing that, don't make a decision just to freshen something up. What, oh, yeah, no, and I, I accept that point. But say, say if it was 50-50, a really difficult mm. call, mm. I think that's when the manager usually goes on, well, he did it for me in September and I'll do it, you know, ahead of this new lad. Instead of going, well, this new lad will send a message to the whole team that nobody's safe. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, maybe if it's a 50-50 call. Yes, but just think of that for a minute. Um, that might have been all right a couple of years ago. Um, but you have somebody that's used to the game plan that, you know, they may have a specific role in that. If they've done that for, a, for the last year or the last two or three years, well, it would make 
natural sense to me to trust that person to do a job for you on Sunday because they have done it. If it is 50-50, and look, at the end of the day, some of these things are just judgment calls that you're seeing in front of you. And, you know, if you were to lay out a criteria why you pick one person over the other, it might be difficult to do that. You're, sometimes you're trusting, you know, what the feeling in your stomach that this person is going to deliver on Sunday. And sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong. And that's just the honesty about the thing. Yeah, no, that's true. So you were at the leash match. So just two questions about Limerick from the leash match. Barry Nash played wing back. I had never heard of him as a wing back before. A real speedy forward, I mm, thought he was. Mm. And the knock-on effect of him being wing back is that Dan Morrissey got a chance at full back. So again, options all over the place for Kylie. How did Nash? What did you think of Nash that night and Morrissey as well? Uh, they were all very impressive that night and played to the I suppose Limerick style of play. You know, real. Um, real physical in the contested ball real quick moving in possession and good use to the ball Um, um, so they all just fitted into the way they they play and you know you just figure that they've been training together as a group and as a team up to last September Um, and you know obviously have spent a lot of time together since as well so there's a you know there was was a real um, I suppose you know family feel to the team and looking at the way they played and that Um, but uh, you know, there's some interesting things. Um, last year, uh, there was three or four in the Pearcey players, including like William O'Donoghue, including Peter Casey, um, including uh, Young Dempsey, um, and including um, that new chap whose name's Bylan. Um They're all in the Pearcey players. Didn't get a starting jersey with with Limerick. Who was to say that if they hadn't been in a club All-Ireland and replayed All-Ireland, that they wouldn't have got that jersey and went on and won it? Just think of the you know the competitiveness in the dressing room with the likes of those players outside of the new young players coming through in Limerick. Yeah. That look, these are, are are even though they're very young um, and they're all in their very very early twenties and you know have a massive career ahead of them. But just think of the 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 real competition for places. And I said that um, you know against Leash, um, I remember Shane tracking back a Leash player. Um, he certainly wouldn't have done that um, for you know the last three or four years that I've seen him. He was real a person that was you know was 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 really really good on the ball but he's worked right off the ball he's going to he, he, you know, these are working really really hard just to hold on to their jerseys we're coming back now in full circle in here Willie and, and nearly comparing you know, the dynamic that's in Limerick at the minute because of the volume of real quality players in their squad is the very very same as in the Kilkenny dressing room or any successful team you mentioned Dublin any successful team and you know that's absolute gold for a manager because at the end of the day that's what's actually driving the performance of the team Yeah okay so this this is Paddy Power predictions. So, wh- what are your predictions for the two matches there? Who are the two? Who is go- who's going to be in the league final? Uh, I, I think. Look, the games in Nolan Park obviously quite close to Waterford. I think they will bring a g- good crowd to this one, um, Wooly. Um, and I, I think Galway. Um, obviously, you know, Michal will want to go out and win the match and that. Um, but I think they might have a little bit more work to do to settle their team in that. Um, I think you know. So I, I think just Waterford will will get through in that one. The other one is a really, really interesting man. I mean, you know, 99% of people will side with Limerick here and it's difficult to look past them considering that they're, they're a success and, you know, the quality that's in their team and that and the players that you've just mentioned coming back. I, I do think they'll beat Dublin, but I think that could be a really, really interesting game. Uh, so I, I probably will go for Waterford and for Limerick. Waterford and Limerick. OK, I'll agree on that one. But like you said, Limerick, uh, p- probably two of them be close enough. Uh, I would think so, yeah. games, fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Right, listen, that's always time for Cheddar. Thanks very much. Um, we'll be back on Monday as usual and we'll review the two matches we'll talk to you then good luck When I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on the 
we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.